Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to a bonus edition of Book in the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today I have brought back on Dr. Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, to the show. Uh, Dr. Blassie, I don't remember the last time you were on. It's been quite some time, and, you know, you're a busy doctor. I'm a busy shoot job person and podcaster, but we make it happen when we can. Uh, let me welcome you in. Yes. Thanks for coming yes. back. Yes. Yes, I love being back. Woo! <laughs> back in time. I know, I know. The forces of evil keep us away. They don't want to hear me talk my stuff. As a wait till, wait till you start having kids. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> don't bring that into my head. It's gonna. That's you're gonna start. <laughs> that's really gonna cut into your wrestling time then. Yeah, I don't know uh, how y'all do it. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how rough. y'all do it. It's rough. <laughs> Hey, hey, and this is why, and this is why I keep my money coming. Okay. I'm putting it right into a good machine that works. Love you guys and what y'all do. Okay. Worth the investment. Man, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. It's, uh, it helps us out a lot. It really key it, those days when it's like, oh God, we got to watch more wrestling and we got to do another show. Ooh, I mean, we boy. love, we love wrestling. See, I tell people this all the time that the, the challenge, the actual challenge is not recording the show because, I mean, you know, that's an hour and a half usually, maybe less, maybe a little more. But then, you know, you got clashes. That's not the challenge. The biggest challenge for Doc and I, at least, is finding the time to also watch, take notes and review, um, you know, as in, prepar- in preparation for the review. Harper, he just unless it's a clash or pay-per-view, he don't watch shit. But that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. The challenge is watching, taking notes uh, the preparation and then for me i have a third aspect to it is you know post-production getting it out there like today you know we record i recorded with hopper and darren yesterday a top five sci-fi for patreon so um i did that last night from like seven to almost nine and then this morning doc and i had to record the next saturday night episode and then as soon as i was done with that which was an hour and a half 45 minutes then i had to edit and package the show with doc and harper i probably had a, about a two-hour break today before i could do the show with you so anyway yeah Good man Lord. it's um so i say all that to say man your contributions are greatly appreciated and dear god you 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 keep you definitely he help keep this show going but today 
Dr. Blassie had a really good idea. We were texting about when he would come back on. And one of the things that he said was, hey, we should we should weave into the show a top five guilty pleasure wrestlers from like the time period we're in now or even the late 80s, because there are some. I started going through a list and man, there are a lot of wrestlers that are guilty pleasures of mine. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm going to let you start. You know, maybe I tell you how we'll do it. You go through your five first and then I'll go through my five and then we'll talk about honorable mentions. So how, how about you break the ice okay. and let's go from there. And before you go there, is there anything you want to say before you start naming your five? Okay. Okay. So first off, first off, let, let's have the moment right now. Okay. Um, you know, rest in peace and power, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I lost you. You were about to say I think something. It was on my end. Yeah. Oh, okay. The worst stuff is is awful. Okay. Yes. The good stuff is good, but there's some things that rightfully get destroyed. That God, I was such a mark for, and it's not just WCW. It's WWF around this time. Okay, and so I'm gonna start from from five and go all the way up. Okay. So the first the 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 first uh gimmick on this list comes from WWF. And it is my guilty pleasure tag team of all time. And that's the smoking guns. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Let me wow. tell you about these guys. Okay, they came out. They had them guns. They were they were good old cowboys. I didn't know what was coming from Billy Gunn, where I would get the New Age Outlaws. I would get the Voodoo Ken Mafia. He would be part of the beautiful people. No, he was part of the Smoking Guns. And I'm gonna <laughs> tell you, this was one of my first big moments as a kid in wrestling. When Mike, I looked it up, and I remember exactly. That Monday night, September 25th, 1995, when they beat Owen Hart and Yokozuna for the World Tag Team Championships that they lost to them. <laughs> All right. I call one of my best friends at that time. We were losing our minds. Do you hear me? Losing them. Because those damn smoking guns won them titles. Now, I turned off the TV at that point. Okay. I was so happy. I was so hooked in the WWF at that point. You have no idea, Mike, that was the best. Okay. And so guilty pleasure, smoking guns. Okay. Now, if you're going to ask me if I like new, new age outlaws compared, compared to smoking guns, of course I do. (laughs) Okay. I was a child and I became a man. Later in that decade, of course, I like New Age Outlaws. However, the Smoking Guns have not lost any luster in my Hall of Fame. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're coming in hot with this one. Man, I, that one, that Smoking Guns, I didn't have you pegged for 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 that being on your list. I know. I know. No, no. I should have asked you first. Can you define by your definition when you say guilty pleasure wrestlers of that era? 
and be and before like define what you mean by guilty pleasure i probably should have said that first but okay um, so this is so it's a combination of of things like one typically the guilty pleasure has not seen as favorable um at that time nor is it truly favorable now but it definitely has a potential to be a cult following right like a smoking gun somebody can appreciate that yes they may or may not have gotten more accolades and further in their career than they should have okay and then also your view of them was ridiculous compared to what they actually were for example this is a lower mid-card person you think they should be going against hulk hogan at wrestlemania and you're the only one that thinks that yeah yeah you know you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you wanted you wanted uh el matador tito santana and not tito santana 1983 right you see that's no, I, that's where the guilty pleasure is. All right. Okay, I did not so have the smoking guns for you. I, I would have never guessed that was one of your five. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, it's only getting better. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, we're going in. So next. Next. So yet again, similar to the smoking guns, it's it's this is a phase in somebody's career that is seen as a negative, but I I contend it's a lot better than you think. I blame more uh, cultural changes at that point to why it wasn't accepted. Not saying this person, you know, would have stayed this character anyway. But, Mike, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I was into Rocky Maivia. Look, I was into Rocky (laughs) Maivia. I was into, look, that dude came out with his little, that hair. It's just so corny. He came out as the baby face. And that shoulder breaker was cheap. That was the cheapest finisher I've ever seen. But I loved it. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. Rocky Maivia, I cheered when he won the IC championship. Okay? I I was so, I popped when his dad came out of the crowd to help him. To help him, okay, in a match. Rocky Maivia is so underrated. Wow. But I know why he's underrated. Did he lead to the greatest entertaining force ever? Yes. But Rocky Maivia, we cannot look past that, Mike. I am shocked that I he know. Was. But the key, the key is, you're saying Rocky Maivia. Um, the key is the gimmick. Like you're, 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 mm. you know, obviously not the rock. You're saying right. Rocky Maivia. They're yeah. two different people, but they're really not. You know, you know what I mean. Like right. people say, "What do you mean the rock was your?" No, he's not saying the rock. He's saying Rocky Maivia in that cheesy, ridiculous outfit and that hairdo. Yes, yes. Look at look look at like uh Ricky Starks on AEW almost like just just baby face to a T. Even though yes. he's not. Even though we know the rock is under there. Okay. But, and that's why I like to emphasize not the people's elbow, the rock bottom spot. No, the shoulder breaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The shoulder breaker that, that, uh, 
Vader used on Ron Simmons to beat him at every damn rematch for the world championship. That shoulder breaker. Yeah. Okay. I got you. He, he, I got you. Yeah. I just make sure the the army knows the people. <laughs> know, okay, because that was a. And I'm telling you, when he won the IC title, man, look, him and Hunter Hearst Helmsley had a hell of a rivalry. That's all I'm saying. So, okay. <laughs> we got, we got. Wow, you you've taken me with the first two. We got the the smoking guns and Rocky Maivia. Yes. Yes. Yes, I know, I know. And so what y'all are thinking is, this is all WWF. We ain't going to get it. No, we going to WCW. Everybody's getting a little of this. Every, everybody had a part in shaping my wrestling uh, memories. Sometimes very chaotic at times. This next person, yet again, has had a hell of a career. Um, I think over time, his career will be looked at with a different lens because when he was hot is not aging well on film, but the best iteration of Kevin Nash before he became big, sexy was not master blaster was not Oz. It was not diesel. It was freaking Vinny Vegas. Let me tell you something right now. Okay. I was so mad. The first time I saw Diesel. Because I was getting into Vinny Vegas so hard. Because that was still at a time where wrestling had had me under the guise of, I can believe that these seven-foot goofy guys, or like PN News, these 800-pound guys, just aren't going to be world champs. Because they're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But Vinny mm-hmm. Vegas was the only dude I saw going out there with some pants, belt, looking like he going to whoop somebody's ass, but then sounding like the corniest mobster I've ever heard in my life. Okay? And I even looked it up for research for this show, looking at his finisher, because I forgot what his finisher was. And it was the Snake Eyes where he lifts somebody up on their shoulder and this drops them face first on the top turnbuckle. That's the cheapest finisher <laughs> ever. And, you know, I'm, I might have to add add that into the criteria for some of these for guilty pleasure wrestlers because their finishers have to be so janky and cheap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I know... You know, the sidewinder, you know, the little leg drop from the top. That was cool, right? So that's kind of an exception. But Rocky Maivia's was cheap. Vinny Vegas is cheap. And the other ones on this list, cheap. Okay. And Vinny Vegas, I don't know how he was allowed to become world champion at some point. But you know what? I see why Shawn Michaels got a lot of kicks out of watching. Kevin Nash on TV and said, hey, I want to work with that guy. You know what's funny is you would not know this because you weren't on the on the on the show with us. When Doc and I were recording the August the 24th, 1991 episode of Saturday Night, um, which doesn't air now for a few weeks. It's just uh, how it's happening. Uh, Doc, <laughs> we were talking about Nash's gimmicks 
And, you know, right now where we're at, he's currently Oz and um, right. they jobbed him out at one point. And now he's done a couple squash matches on TV again. And Doc was like, he's like, um, I can't remember if he said this isn't as bad as his next gimmick or his next gimmick's worse. And I was like, I was like, you mean diesel? And I was thinking bodyguard diesel. Um, not not because, I mean, to me, there's a, a line in the stand kind of, you know, he, he wasn't diesel the world champion at first he was like bodyguard diesel Does that make sense so yeah doc and i you know i had completely blew past the 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 vinnie vegas gimmick and mm-hmm. it was i can't explain why i blew past it it other than to say that it it couldn't have been worse than oz because if it would have been worse than oz i would have remembered that more than i remembered oz and it feels like it was just kind of like a blip. And I would remember, you, like, you know, because we remember train wrecks. It's just kind of right, how right. it works. But I didn't. I I remembered Oz more than Vinny Vegas. I jumped immediately to Diesel as the next gimmick and totally missed Vinny Vegas when, you know, in actuality, I should have remembered Vinny Vegas. But it kind of goes to show you how in such a short period of time, these fools made him Master Blaster uh, Oz and then, you know, Vinny Vegas, it just, and look what he ended up becoming just as, um, you know, I mean, he became a star as Diesel, but, you know, he, he, he was really a star as Kevin Nash is his, you know, real name. But yeah. I just yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, you, that's another one I would have never had you pick Vinny Vegas, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's just, man, I don't know. I was a weird kid. I don't know. No, no, I mean, you know, and, and it's weird because I would love. You know me, like, you know, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, all those guys, like, just at the upper echelon of everything. I love Barry Windham, you know, when he was really going in the late 80s and early uh, 90s and stuff. And it's just weird, but there'd just be these few guys where I was just so into them. Yeah. And I, and it's just, it, it was just some too. And I guess, you know, him and The Rock and, and, Billy Gunn, you can see how they got better over time. Because the only thing I'll say about Vinny Vegas, that may be the the gimmick that really got him to get into wrestling character. Mm. You know, because that that character really is kind of that Nash character from the later iterations of it. You know, like the late eighties or late nineties, going into TNA and stuff, where he was just kind of wisecracking kind of knowing he's the boss of the show you know what are you gonna do with it you know yeah 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 no, about I know it yeah and so yeah and it was so short it was so short that he yeah was that's at, the other part must have been a few months it had to have been i'm trying to remember the exact time but i mean I, it feels like it probably it was it, I, i'm thinking it was definitely longer than master blaster um nash oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. It still was, it still was short. Uh, boy, WCW <laughs> would throw these gimmicks on these guys. Yeah. And they'd be like, "Why did you get it over?" Yeah. <laughs> what happened, brother? <laughs> right. And it's like Bill Watts, dude. You, for real, you wouldn't have got this over, dude. And you're a damn Hall of Famer. Yeah. And for exactly. exactly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And so nah, that's here, good. That's true. Okay. So here's here's the next one now. This one, um, I I think it's just because this it was so absurd and it made me laugh every time. 
I saw it. And Dusty, I got to credit Dusty Rose for really giving getting this over in my head just because it was just so he was just calling he was just calling it for what it was and it was complete bullshit. Uh but I was a fan of beautiful Bobby's ascension to being a lordship when he became <laughs> Robert Eaton, the <laughs> Earl, if you will. And I used to call him the Earl of Eaton. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. He used to walk down there and then and then it was like cause that was Dundee, right? That was uh Jeeves, the butler Jeeves. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dusty Rose just call him Chives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he, and he used to say, I can't believe, I can't believe Bob, Bobby Eaton's coming out here, coming in here from Alabama, <laughs> <laughs> saying he's an Earl. And Tony Schiavone used to just sound so just like, huh, God, him, royalty, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh... It was like it's one big rim. And I loved it. I loved the Blue Bloods. I loved it. It was, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, okay, you got Regal, you, and then you got, they had a Squire, and then you got Bobby Eaton is an Earl. Are you serious? <laughs> what is this? And he had the whole colonial red coat gimmick. I love it. Bobby, what are they doing to you, man? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, when especially. When you think about, especially me, I think of Bobby Eaton way back in, you know, the early 80s of Mid-South, what he was there. You know, obviously Midnight Express. And for most people that didn't even see Mid-South, they saw him on Saturday night as a member of the Midnight Express there in TV on TBS with WCW. We went from that to, at some point, the Earl of Eaton. I mean, <laughs> it, it, really, it really is a, when you think about those dastardly heels the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette and all the hell he raised, Bobby Eaton becoming an Earl is is one <laughs> hell of a one hell of a almost turn no one saw coming. No one saw that coming. Yeah. No one. And and yet again, I I loved it. I loved it. I wanted him to be TV champ. I wanted them to be the tag champs because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. But here's yeah. the thing. Here's the worst thing about it was the fact like when they got into the ring, they were so good. They were so good. Not necessarily as a team, just two individuals that was like, ah, they really might get me though. I'm not gonna yeah. test it. But yeah, yeah, it's like, but. My dad, on the other hand, <laughs> you know, because every, for every kid, you know, you have to have, can they beat up my dad test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to think the Earl could lose to my dad. The Earl, not not beautiful Bobby. And that was another thing. When he went back to beautiful Bobby, when he was just jobbing it later on, I love Dusty saying, I'm so happy. I'm so happy I could call him beautiful Bobby. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. <laughs> Man, you, you know, when you think about it, though, like, that is funny. It, it, thinking about Dusty saying it. Yeah, beautiful The Bobby. crazy part is, when you think about, I mean, it was Lord Stephen Reek. I mean, it was, they were legit. 
like great pro wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, it, they, I mean it, even if you put Squire David Taylor into it, I mean, he was a hell of a, you know, hell of a talent too. I mean, right. I, when you talk about pure pro wrestlers, man, these dudes, these dudes could all go. Right. I mean, and even, I mean, even if you look at, if you look at Regal's career there, he used to, like, he, he would win the TV title off of, he, he won it off of Davy Boy Smith, but he would just make Davy Boy Smith muscles just pointless. Yeah. You know, because he'd be gas, he'd be wrapped around his own knee, you <laughs> know, and it's like, come on, just get him in a power slam. Just get him into a running power slam. No. Why is this dude curling you up? No. I hate you. I hate you. You and you and Chives. You know? <laughs> Chives. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call Jeeves, right? Right. Yeah. Jeeves. Jeeves. Oh man. I I uh, you, you shocked see, me again. See, I would have never I would have never went with I would have never went with the Earl of Eaton. Earl and that was the thing. That was that was the other part of it. Earl Robert Eaton. 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 Robert, not not Bobby, right. Robert. Right, and that was during the whole express transformation era. I think that's a un, you know like one of those you hear about the Harlem Renaissance. If you, you think about that time period in wrestling, it was the express you know Reformation era where you had Richard Morton. Yeah, Ugh, that's still disgusting to say. Yeah, Doc <laughs> says that. Doc says it all the time. He's like, I I can't say Richard Morton. I think it's a. I have a guilty pleasure for the York Foundation now that I didn't have that back is, then, but that is. but yeah, but yeah, okay. So you've hit me with four that I just with Earl Robert Eaton, Vinny Vegas, the Smoking Guns, and Rocky Maivia. You hit me with four. I, I was not expecting these four. So yeah, who's next? Okay, so this is should should I do my honorable mention before I give my number one? Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead if you got some honorable. Let me mentions. let me let idea. me just do one honorable mention, and this was the only thing that had me watching anything of the last year of WCW, and that is screaming Norman Smiley. Let me tell you something about Norman Smiley, okay? He had that damn big wiggle. He was such a chicken shit. And it was the funniest thing ever. You know what I'm talking about, Mike. That old dude in the neighborhood got, it's the summertime, and he got yeah. black socks on with ashy legs. <laughs> That's what Norbert's leg <laughs> reminds me of, okay? That dude had the big wiggle, I'm telling you, in high school, me and my friends, we, one of the biggest pops in my friend's house ever. I think they were in Vegas or somewhere around there. And I believe it was Thunder. Started out the show. The theme was coming on. Pyrotechnics, yay, right? And all of a sudden we hear Norman's Norman Smiley's music. But then he coming out, top hat, doing the big wiggle. We was like, oh damn. Oh, it's big wiggle time. Let's get it. Starting out the show, we was hot, right? And then the showgirls came out, and he started doing the big wiggle with the showgirls. Oh, man. 
it was on and popping. We lost our minds looking at this dude doing a big wiggle with some showgirls. And then they slapped him on the butt. I'm telling you, we lost our minds. <laughs> we were so fucked. We were so fucked that we turned off thunder. We turned off thunder. That was it. We couldn't get, we knew we wasn't going to get anything better than that. We didn't want to see nothing with Vince Russo, DDP, even though that was a DDP house. No DDP, no nothing. Jared, none of that. Goldberg, the 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 natural born, thr- none of them. We saw that big wiggle, bro. We was done. We was like, show's over. They, they started it and closed the show with the big wiggle in our heads. That Woo! Big Wiggle. I loved it. I love that dude won the hardcore title eight thousand times, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wearing yeah. hockey pads and stuff. I loved it. I but can't, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I, I remember I remember Norman I had I say this in the most respectful way. Norman was straight comedy at that point. Oh yeah. All comedy. Cause he'd do that thing like, like you know, he would wave his hand in there like he was, you know, banging it from the back, but he was just kind of like yes. standing. He'd do that. I, I don't even know what to call it. Like it, it just, he would just do stuff, and you'd be like, "What? What? What? what come on! Like, what, what am I watching here?" Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> but that is that's the honorable mention. Okay. Okay. And so, the last, and yet again, this is just. This really is just coming from uh, really going through this show with y'all again. And I said how much I love Rocky Maivia. But there is another baby face that took the WWF by storm. Who started out in WCW as a rising star. Mm. Okay. Star. Mike. I'm saying that is. That is. The one, the only. Let me tell you something about Johnny B. Bad. Okay, let's we gonna have a conversation about Johnny B. Bad and how much <laughs> I loved him. Okay, <laughs> so I I forgot I forgot how much of just a bad amalgam of Little Richard and Muhammad Ali that dude was in the beginning. Okay, I forgot how much bullshit they told <laughs> Teddy Long to get over. Okay. Johnny B. Bad comes out and and he is just flamboyant and it was just like, okay, we're in the South. We're just going to make you upset by me being what politically correct. LGBTQ plus. And that that was floundering nowhere. And so then the Bad Blaster. And let me tell you something about the Bad Blaster, Mike. As a child, that used to just get my imagination going. I wanted to go to a WCW show so I could see the, the confetti and stuff come out of the Bad <laughs> Blaster. Okay? I was invested when Johnny B. Bad got hit in the face. With the bad blaster. It's all that stuff. Now, looking back on it through dark adult eyes, I see how homoerotic that is. I see how weird that is. Then I see how preposterous it is 
for him to require the need for a face mask months after he gets hit with this thing that doesn't even have fire, doesn't have any noxious fumes, not even a, a, a great propulsion force, might not even bruise his face. But I loved it anyway. When he was TV champ, he was going back and forth with DDP. Loved it. When he got Kimberly, he won her in some sick, twisted game of owning another human being. That was wrestling, Mike, and he won. And then he got picked up by WWF. Oh, yeah. Wild man. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I love the wild man. He did the little flip, finisher move. He had the cool music. He had the tassels. He had the flair looking like a baby face version of the narcissist Lex Luger. He won the IC title. I popped. And then Sable happened. Let me tell you something about Sable. Sable was terrible. I never saw her purpose. Okay? At that time, Though I was going through puberty, okay, Sable didn't do it for me. Sable didn't do it for me, okay. And There's besides, a lot I'm of people she did it for, though. So oh, there, yeah. there are, yeah, you know, there are people that that she did it for. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I get it now, I get it. But at that point, I was here for the wrestling, Mike. Okay. And, 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 yeah. And and I say that I say that in the context of the only hot chick in the WWF at that point was Sonny. So there was there was really no other reason to look at anybody else. Marlena was number two. Yeah. That's why Sable didn't come on the picture. And then I was like, why are you why are you stealing the shine from a boy Mark? Mark Merrow. The wow man. I wanted him to be world champ. That's what I'm telling you, Mike. I wanted him to be world champion. I wanted really? him to go against Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. I wanted him to win the championship. And then he got repackaged again. And him with Miss Jackie, him being a fighter in the brawl for all, him doing all this other stuff made no sense. And at that point, I was like, wow, I see why Sable is more successful than you right now. Okay? Even though your finisher, the TKO, is like the first finisher other than your little flippy splash gimmick that I like. I don't remember anything in WCW. I knew a bunch of moves that he put bad on there, but I barely remember any of his finishers. Why? Because Johnny B. Bad was insanely, just insanely distracting. You're like, wow, there's a bad blaster. Wow. You're doing a little cartwheel. Woo, cool. You won. Yay. And then all of a sudden you become a boxer and now you suck. And and I understand why people don't like him. I understand. Like, I really do. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to go down as my favorite guilty pleasure wrestler of all time. Am I going to defend him, Mike? No. No, like I'm not going to get into a debate about you about why he should actually be world champion in right. 1995. No, I'm not. 
in my perfect world, he's there. But I know why he's not. You know? And that's why he's a guilty pleasure. Okay, so... You listed your five. I didn't actually put my five in a order, but uh, but let's start with Johnny B. Bad that you're talking about. So when I thought of the the guilty pleasures, I mostly kind of thought of, you know, in a moment in time. But I, I see what you did with him. Like you looked at him from, uh, you know, the start through um, WWF and the run there. I hated, I can't stand what happened with him in WWF. Like I feel like. Oh, yeah. They just took a dude to me who, and Doc disagrees with me, but you took they took a dude who, to me, was a star. I'm not going to call him a superstar because there's a difference, but he was a star. He had it. And, he had a little and, it to him. Yeah, he had a little it factor to him. And the WWF just, you know, Sable's purpose was to get them, you know, most men, you know, Willie Hard. And, mm. I mean, I ain't saying she was bad looking. She just ain't my type. And um, you know, I, I I just it not it didn't work it didn't work for me in the WWF for multiple reasons. Yeah. But in but as Johnny B. Bad, when he debuts in them first few months, which we are in right now, <laughs> he is so goddamn over in a way, and in, in, whether you love him or hate him, and most people right, right now hate him in the territory in '91. Um, the dude, he's got that it factor and I, I continue to say this on this show, you know, guys in their careers get crap gimmicks that could have easily been given to someone that gimmick. Although the reason Dusty gave it to him was because, you know, he's like, Oh, you look like a little Richard. Well, right. I mean, so <laughs> Dusty probably doesn't give anybody else that gimmick. But when you think about that gimmick, the potential of it going bad where it's like, you know, this is dumb. Johnny B bad was perfect for it in that he could take what dusty was telling him to do. And like, just to me, take it to the next level, you know? Oh, hush, Teddy. Oh, hush. And when he's talking about PN news, oh, that big old bear, big old bear. Like he, (laughs) he's, he's putting, like you often hear, like I used to hear Bruce Pritchard or some of the other folks who booked things and gave out, you know, and told characters what to do. Like you'd hear him say, well, they didn't give it this effort. They didn't give it that effort. And you're like, man, you could say a lot of things about Mark Merrow. One thing you can't say about him to me is you cannot say he did not put his foot and entire soul into Johnny B. Bad. Even when Johnny B. Right. Bad becomes a baby face. Mm-hmm. Like he's. Johnny B. Bad is something else to watch. And I, 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 it, I've partially gotten more feeling more this way now as I rewatch him because I didn't hate him back in the day. But now when I watch him, I'm like, this dude, like I have a greater appreciation for what he pulled off in that gimmick because it's so damn, he just played that role so damn good. And yeah. He like everything from the mannerisms to the makeup to, you know, he's he's playing the role of a badass, basically a fighter, but he's gay. 
right. it's right. it's <laughs> and you know you got to credit Teddy Long too to a point because him he's working it too. Oh hush, Johnny. You know oh oh hush, Johnny. And then you know Johnny's oh hush, Teddy. The whole <laughs> little package of it is, God damn, these dudes are working their tails off now. You know, there's some wrestlers who would have been given that gimmick and have been like, I ain't going out there and doing that. And they wouldn't have gave it their all. No. One thing I respect about Mark Merrill, Johnny B. Bad is he got that gimmick and went out there and did everything in his power to get it over. And he got it over. And, and he's, he, he has he has turned into my number one guilty pleasure. No doubt. Like for me, mm-hmm. we didn't plan this ahead of time, but he's turned into my guilty pleasure. The dude is yes. just phenomenal. Yeah, and then nah, on top of that, he's a good dude. Like in life, like you know, it seems like he's really you know he does motivational speaking. Um, he's all about you know mental health and you know taking care of your mental health. And I, I I cannot you know I didn't know this back then or, but it's just he's turned into my my number one guilty pleasure. Man, the dude is just phenomenal. And I would say he is part that early that early nineties WCW was truly the last era of a good um, slate of wrestlers competing for the TV title. That was the last great TV title era for any promotion, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you look during that time, you had Bobby Eaton, you had Arn Anderson, and then you had DDP, you had Johnny B. Bad in there as some guys going back and forth, and it made for compelling matches. So that's one thing I will always um, argue uh, about with fans as far as looking back on that era, some of the positive moments. And that's really it, you know. And it, and it really does show you how Arn Anderson may be the greatest TV champ of all time period, the end of any era, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you can make an argument. Yeah, well, and because, he, yeah, I mean, the longevity just – I mean, Arn was just so good for so long. That's the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm with Boy. you. All right. Boy. So I went with Johnny B. Bad with one. Now, these next few I don't really have in any particular order because um, it's just mm-hmm. so hard. Like, I've done top fives before, and then, I, and then what happens is six months later, you know, I'll be talking to Doc or Harper or somebody who's a wrestling fan, and they'll – sell me on why somebody should be higher or lower than what, you know, I might rank them. So top fives are hard, but you ain't never going to get me at this point in time to get Johnny B. Bad off number one. But anyway, so here are my others. You can say a lot about this dude. You could say he's a bad wrestler that I'm about to name. You can say he's terrible in the ring. You can say the gimmick is dumb. I probably can't argue with you. But God damn it, PN News makes me laugh my <laughs> ass off. And let me tell you, man, you a lot of people can say a lot of things. There's wrestlers who who don't get a reaction, who people just kind of laugh at and, you know, they, or don't even laugh at. They just see the person go out there and they get no reaction. The thing about PN News is he not only gets a reaction, He's got the people dancing, they're cheering, they're waving their hands in the air. I mean, was he a talented professional wrestler? Eh, Did he get over? 
short for a very short time there. I think yeah, he, he did. did. <laughs> um, he did for a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm again guilty pleasure, and to me, a guilty pleasure is somebody who's can also not be very good. And you still look and go, I like watching this dude. It makes me laugh. And that is PN News for me. <laughs> PN News is that dude for me. I, I, and look, y'all, we did not discuss a lot. I, I kind of told Mike just a couple of people on my list, but uh, I had a feeling PN News was going to make an appearance on this show because he oh, yeah. was so on my periphery of honorable mentions. Yeah, man. You PN know? News was something else, man. Because, <laughs> and that's the worst thing is, you know, growing up, there's only so many times where you see an injection of the culture we've grown up with, Mike, where you see dudes that roll like that. And, <laughs> and there's that thought that comes through your head is like, boy, if they ever had a real one wrestle, whoo, they, would, they wouldn't be ready. They wouldn't be ready. You know, and it's and and I say that, and then you look down the line, you look at some athletes like Booker T, which uh, Booker but that's T, what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Booker, let me tell you, Booker T and uh, Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson, for a split second, had that aura of this is that angry uncle we see at the family reunion. That dude that was probably an angry vet. Okay, that kept working out, or he just got out of jail, and he was part of the Bloods of the Crip. Okay, that is Ahmed Johnson. Booker T, same thing, just a real one. Like the Rock, the Rock kind of puts a lot of you know razzle dazzle. Muhammad Ali, you could you could dance to the rap he's putting out there. Booker T looks like a dude you don't. I would fight The Rock before I fought Booker T. Okay. If yeah. I didn't know anything yeah. about either one of them. And it's the same thing with PN News. You always wanted to see that that kind of element there. So once you got it, it's like, oh, okay, let's see what he going to do. And then after a few months, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why they got my boy on the scaffold? <laughs> Dude, that scaffold match was so terrible. I mean, it's just like, what the piss are they doing here? Um, but yeah, I, you, you, when you were talking about, when you were saying, you know, it'd be a while I was thinking about, yeah, I was Harlem heat. I mean, that's, that's who I was thinking of when you were saying, you know, it'll be yeah. a while they'll be there, but Harlem heat, man, who Harlem mm -hmm. heat came in and they were something else. Um, but yeah, man, PN news is my, my guilty pleasure man he he's just coming out he's something else so then um in in my top three state patrol I, wow i can't man i i don't know how to explain it other than to say that i, I here was the thing about state patrol they were they were uh uh, an enhancement talent tag team. They were actually an actual tag team for a pretty long bit of time in WCW too. That's the thing. Like it's only ninety one. They make it into the in into the the glory years. So not they're not they're not a big deal, but they make it there. And 
I don't know, man. Like, I think of them dudes as just being just hellified talents. Both of them were really good wrestlers. The gimmick, I say this all the time. Boy, if you had a promotion that wasn't beholden to shareholders or Warner Media, and you could really do something evil with a police officer gimmick in 2023. Oh, yo. Now, you would probably get a lot of folks mad the way you'd have to do it, but you could really inject some nuclear heat into a police officer type gimmick. So maybe that influences how I feel about state patrol, because here's the thing. I mean, it's not like they outside of being professionals and, you know, good enhancement talents that put everybody over. I mean, it's not like they did anything notable in terms of, you know, Big old big time world champion, you know, tag team or something like that. And neither one of them went on to like single careers where they were, right. you know, lighting it up. But as a as a team with longevity in that gimmick, I, I will forever say I, I've said this to Harper and Doc a million times. I'm a state patrol uh like I'm a mark for them, man. They are. I would not have thought that, Mike, for real. I would not they, have. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, that "Man, <laughs> I, I fan State Patrol." You know, and here's the thing: like when I and when I had my little co- cup of coffee on the Indies for several years, they were still in WCW during that time, and I can tell you that I used to watch. um Buddy Lee Parker's matches and James Earl Wright's matches because they know they they are professionals. They like I look at them like this. No, they're not stars. But for me, those dudes like they're so damn good in the ring. They are so good in the ring. Like if I challenge you to watch a match from them when they're doing enhancement talent, when they're putting folks over. Because then that's the other thing. They work with people who are young in the business at times that they got to put over. Those dudes are consummate professionals, man. They just get in there and bust their ass, take bumps, and put their shoulders to the mat. And for me, I just appreciate I just appreciate that, man. And and again, again I'll go back to it. It's the gimmick, too. They, they, <laughs> they went I mean, in. <laughs> you, would, um, you, would, you would anger... It would... The WWE wouldn't do it. AEW wouldn't do it because of Warner Media. But uh, it would be something to see a, a, a heel police officer tag team in 2023. Um, you'd really have to be careful with it. But they could draw some nuclear heat, man. They really could. But, you uh, know, they, they're not going to allow them to get heat. These right. Days. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. you're so right on that, though. There's, yeah. You're so right. That could be, And that could be a million-dollar uh, feud. Well, like if they had a state patrol go dark in WWE, oh, that yeah. would be a million dollar feud going against uh, Street Profits. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you. The problem is in in today's environment, and I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I can't look past this. It, it would be a racist gimmick, like it would be. Oh yeah. You know, it would be all over racial lines, and you would have a lot of people just like, no, this is not. Uh, we can't do this, but yeah, it would be one of those things where, you know, street profits versus, versus them or whoever the, you know, modern day state patrol is, uh, it, it would be something, man. I'm telling you And my, my, the ultimate goal is 
you know, the baby faces, the street profits defeat them and, you know, are world champions. It, it, right, like, right. that's how it happens. The baby face ends up on top of that thing and, you know, teaches those nasty racists a lesson. But, um, yeah, man, I've, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a state patrol. I'm a state patrol, man. <laughs> you're, dude, a you're a state oh, patroller. Man. No, no, I mean, <laughs> it's just like that. The, yeah. It, like, again, I point to the fact that, too, I used to watch their matches when I was wrestling to just see how good they were. They, to me, uh, buddy Lee Parker was like, just so good in the ring. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I just remember watching, Oh, you know, if you ever watch their matches and somebody's going to now tag me in something that, that, that they messed up on <laughs> because I'm saying this, but I don't remember them like having botches. Like they just would get in there and we're, we're straight professionals. And I thought that was always, I just thought I always thought that was, that was a great thing. So yeah, give me, give me state patrol. Boom. All right, so then here's another guilty pleasure. I, I got to go with Jimmy Del Rey from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, Amen. Amen. The dude was a straight just clown and buffoon. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. He's just just unreal. So, and I, you know, I know all the listeners here. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to our Smoky Mountain Wrestling episodes, at least go back when Jimmy Del Rey makes his debut, and I can't remember the exact number it is, but um, he is such a lot. Of, a lot of times, I used to get the question, you know, well, you know, did you like the Heavenly Bodies with Stan, or did you like the Heavenly Bodies with Jimmy Del Rey in Smoky Mountain? Let me tell you this: I can't answer that question because they're two different people in two different ways. Yeah, Stan, yeah. Stan is like you know, the, the, the. The blonde-headed dude. Well, I mean, he's not, he's not have blonde hair like Ric Flair, but he's he's a you know blonde guy, just a good body. He's he's getting all the ladies that are you know tens, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Del Rey is getting the ladies, but he's a sleazy getting the ladies type dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you know, all know that guy. Yeah, he's missing <laughs> a tooth, and he thinks he's a Mac Daddy, Daddy Mac, but in actuality, he's 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 a dude who's a five on a scale of one to 10 or lower. And he's pulling all the, the, the threes, fours and fives instead of the, the tens. And he thinks he's, oh, yeah. he thinks he's all that. Cause he's pulling, pulling them. That's, that's Jimmy Del Rey. And Jimmy Del Rey played that role. So great in Smokey Mountain. Oh, so yeah. I gotta go with Del Rey. Cause he, he's definitely, he looked like the guy who was unethical in college, right? Like yes. if, yeah. if the guys and girls were all in a group at the bar talking, having a good time, he's the guy that every five minutes you're like, wait, why is it shot in my hand? Oh, Jimmy, he bought another round. <laughs> all right, everybody. And you've got 10 <laughs> shots of vodka and all the ladies air like Jimmy, dude. No, no, Jimmy, <laughs> sit down, sit down. Okay, <laughs> and and really, so this is one of those. Okay, do you like Star Trek? Do you like Next Generation? Do you like this trilogy of Star Wars, or do you like the classic? Yeah, you know, I with somebody with the Midnight Express. When you say yeah. Midnight Express to somebody, they're either gonna tell you the combinations they like, and you know, for a lot of people, it's Stan and Bobby. And I think the heavenly bodies are the same way. Where it's, who do you consider the heavenly bodies first? I tell you, Gigolo is my dude. Okay? 
because that's the best way to describe him. It's just why why is this guy thinking he is this gorgeous, this hot, when all he could pull is like a Bertha Faye? You know what I'm saying? Like he can yeah. only pull that. But he thinks he's big time stuff because he only hangs around the dudes at school that don't get laid. Or he's with y'all and at least he can say, Well, at least I'm getting some tail. What about you? Well, yeah, I'm I'm going to after Becky cheerleader though, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's that's just Jimmy Del Rey. Like he's just right. he's a clown and he's going he he's He's pulling some, but like, okay, Stan Lane makes the statement in early Smoky Mountain, you know, you know, we got to fly in our women from out of town because these big, fat, greasy paws, they won't keep their big, fat, greasy paws off of us. These sweat (laughs) hogs in the Smokies. Well, Jimmy Del Rey, he gets in the Smoky Mountain and well, guess what? He's not complaining about the big, fat (laughs) sweat hogs. He's he's enjoying the the, the hogs, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm I'm not fat shaming or anything here. I'm just saying he he prefers. Well, I don't know if he prefers. Stan prefers not to have the big fat woman. Jimmy Del Rey, he's just taking what he can get. Yeah, you know, right. it, it, right. it's that. Right. Yeah. Now and, and it's, doctor, and it's yeah, better yeah. than what you can do. That's yeah. the shit you throw at your face. It's like, well, yeah, at yeah. least I'm still getting some. Where are you at? Yeah, so that's um, and you know what I mean. That was the gimmick he did in Smokey. He was a you know the 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 jiggle, the wiggle, the jiggle, and the whole kid and caboodle. I mean, he's just he was a clown, man. He he was just a clown. That so, side uh, hip wiggle. Yeah, man. Just that he would gyrate his hips and just it's like seriously, what the hell? Um, so my last my last one on my list. Uh, before I mention some honorable mentions here, I, this dude was always really friendly to me. Um, Akeem, the African dream. Okay. 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 Specifically, Akeem. <laughs> One man gang is a, is, is a sweetheart of a dude. Very nice guy. You know, every time I've had a conversation with him, um, but the thing about Akeem, Vince McMahon literally went to gang you know george uh one man gang's just not colorful enough i mean this is this is one man gang told me this he told me this on the show you can go back and listen to it i think but he's like you know you know george you know because gang's name is george gray uh he's like george uh this is uh one man gang's not colorful enough for us Uh, we're gonna switch it up and he made a man from south carolina (laughs) into a black man (laughs) <laughs> and then they did the skit when they introduced him as Akeem, the African dream. And Gene Okerlund's like, that's the one. <laughs> and everybody watching it is like, wait, they're trying to sell us that this, this white man from South Carolina is, is a black man from the deepest, darkest spots in Africa. Are we, Wh- are we serious here? Back alley. By the way, it was a right. back alley. Right. <laughs> They're taping this vignette in a back alley, and <laughs> Slick is now selling him on it, uh, selling us all on it. Um, I, I will say this, um, man, Gang might not have wanted to do it, but once he did it, he put. He, it's not the same as Johnny B. Bad, 
but he put his whole soul into getting that gimmick over and doing what he needed to do with it. And uh, yeah, yeah, because I like watching a drinking game is seeing how many times he can bring his hand up and arm yes. up like in a swimming motion, like he's saying "jive sucker," yeah. You know, and he, and he wiggles yeah. his hand around, and he's just so awkward, and he's just kind of swim moving, and with <laughs> with the big yellow moo moo on. <laughs> Dude, they, they put they, this man. <laughs> this man has his beard grown out in a dashiki, and he's <laughs> and he's 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 doing this. He first he'll tell you he had no rhythm, and he's trying to dance. And he's coming out to the music. It, it's so terrible on so many levels. But that's why it's a guilty pleasure. Um, and, but, you know, he'll tell you. He's like, you know, I, I need. I think he said this when he was on the show back in 2015. He said, I, I you know, it was like, what are you going to do? The man's telling you he doesn't want to use one man gang anymore. He wants to call you Akeem, the African dream. Are you just going to not do it? No, you're going to do it and you're going to go make some money. And um, that's what he did. And God damn it. He I mean, I don't know if I'm if he really got it over as much as he just went out there and did it as best he could. And I it was entertaining. I I don't know how else to say it. Like it's it's terrible in a way, but it was also entertaining in that he got that over, I guess, if you want to call it that. But it's a guilty pleasure, man. It's a guilty pleasure. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you can look at it from the lens of presentism and say, oh, gosh, you know, that was something against Dusty and Vince making fun of the fact that he acts like a Baptist preacher, yada, yada, yada. Who cares? I had a shirt for a long time, and people will probably remember this shirt, where he had Akeem and Big Boss Man. And then under it says, never forget. And that was one of the only ways you could tell who a, a damn wrestling fan was. Is if if they remember that was the Twin Towers. And I used to wear that shirt. And people, I've never heard a bad thing about it. Like black, white, Hispanic. Like nobody said a bad thing about it. Because it's such a fond memory of Akeem. Because it was so absurd. And... They did what I wish a lot of wrestling would do these days is don't tell you it's ridiculously absurd and a joke. Go with it. Okay. Cause no matter what me Gene said, and he's already speaking for you like, Hey, that's a one man gang. Slick's like, Nope. Yeah. Nope. That's a team. And he's going against Hulk Hogan, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to beat him. Why? Because, you know, Akeem could do a splash and a body slam. And Hulk Hogan can't pick him up. And he could do a drop kick. And he's 300-something pounds, and he could do a drop kick. Okay. Well, hey, let's keep (laughs) going. Yeah. (laughs) I guess so. Let's do it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, No, that's – yeah, they – like you said, they – I mean, they didn't completely avoid it because Mean Gene said something, but they just went with it. It's like, well, I mean, they, they, I mean, it was a joke, but they didn't, I guess they, it's kind of, I don't want to defend the, the WWF and be like, oh, they didn't make it a joke. I mean, it was a joke. It was but, a joke. Yes. But to the point it's you're not. making, they just went with it, man. It wasn't, it wasn't like they were just 
completely burying it like you know a comedy act it, it it's a joke but they didn't make it a comedy act if that makes sense right 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 Even though, were, that's yeah. the thing he was in a main event spot yeah you know like that whole storyline set up hogan versus macho man yes yeah, it's, it's isn't that it's crazy really, <laughs> it's 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 every time i think about that gimmick and i in gang pulling it off and i just it's another one of those gimmicks that i go good god do you think can you imagine if they did that today shit no shit I mean, no that would be dead on arrival you not know, understanding that even... it's that it's a work i mean like <laughs> that's the thing that kills me that's what i hate that's what i hate about wrestling is um wrestling can't do those things but tv shows and movies can yeah yeah right, right? that's what that's what i hate call everything fake they want to call everything fake now but if you do something like that it's gonna piss people off but it's fake look look and let me be clear there's a time and a place to get mad at someone for doing akeem if they're doing it in society um there's a time and a place for that like but this is this is pro wrestling. It's a work. Mm-hmm. Like you it's know, a work. It's 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 a, it's a storyline. Now now I, I can understand folks saying yeah, but Vince McMahon's past, and you know he's doing it because he's trying to make fun of black people. Well, okay, I I I can see some of that based on how we've seen some wrestlers booked. Um, but at the same time, it, it is a work. You know, it is a work. And I say that at this moment, knowing that Vince just came back to WWE and he's not necessarily at this moment, we, you know, record this, not a part of creative, but you know, of course that I'm sure will change at some point, but who knows? But anyway, um, those are my guilty pleasures. So again, not going in any particular order, Johnny B bad PN news, state patrol, uh, Jimmy Del Rey and Akeem. Now, uh, before we move on from this topic and, uh, start, start to wrap up, I know we got one other thing, but we start to wrap up. I wanted to mention, so I asked in the Facebook group, what were some of, uh, our listeners to, uh, you know, their guilty pleasures. So, uh, shout out to Philip Allen, Number one Eagles fan in the group. He says, oh, look, he's got State Patrol, The Gambler, Nasty Ned Brady, Stormtrooper, Phil, Jesus Christ, um, and Corchita Korchenko. I think you you misspelled it, Phil. It must have autocorrected. Korchenko from uh, UWF, uh, Mid-South. Don Depinette says, The Fabulous Rougeau Brothers, Isaac Yankum, Repo Man, Doink the Clown, and Honky Tonk Man. Dan Peterman, BTT Hall of Fame patron, says Papa Shango, Akeem, Waylon Mercy. Yeah. Uh, Brother Love. That's a good one, Brother Love. Uh, Slick teaching Kamala to bowl. Oh, I had put that out of my mind, but that was something. (laughs) Oh, they did some crazy stuff with Kamala in WWF. Yeah, they did. Dude. And I got to say, Repo Man, I'm going to tell you, one of the most underrated theme songs of all time is the Repo Man. I would challenge somebody to go back on YouTube or somewhere and find the Repo Man thing. It's the catchiest little thing. You know, <laughs> Repo Man. Very WWF. <laughs> that poor dude had a lot of gimmicks, huh? Yeah, but hey, Jeez. hey, look. He had one of them that worked, so yeah. God bless him. Yeah. God God bless him for that. 
So continuing, <laughs> Nate Weems had Don Morocco, Jeff Smith had Lenny and Lodi. They were hilarious. Chris Zanto had the Mountie. <laughs> wow, I remember the Mountie. Texas Tornado, Bad Street, which of course is Brad Armstrong. Yeah. Nice Stalker with Ox Baker and and Quang. Uh, Mike Campbell, Michael Campbell has PN News, Akeem, Big Josh, IRS, and the York Foundation. York Foundation is actually an honorable mention of mine. Uh, I agree there. Let me keep going. So uh, Mike Pru, uh, who does the ECW show on the Patreon feed, he had mm. Akeem as well. Repo Man, Papa Shango, Johnny B. Bad, the Mountie. So some of the same ones. Oh, Philip Allen did a second one. Phil, come on. Oh, look who <laughs> Phil. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is funny. Phil's got Honky Talk Man, the Mountie. And listen to this one, Dr. Blassie. Lord Stephen Regal and Earl Robert Eaton. Yes. See? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, and um, Phil also said any version of Sherry Martell and Goldust. Drew Farmer. Yo, that's real talk, though. That is Jerry, real yeah. talk. On Sh- Sherry Martell as a manager, like, yo, that is real talk on that. Because she would go all in on whatever mm-hmm. her wrestler's gimmick was. And it was incredible. Okay? Because she would be like trailer park hot mixed with absurdity. Bro, she was great with Harlem Heat. Oh, God. Perfect. There's nobody oh, else that could have done it. I loved Sherry with Harlem Heat. Mr. Sherry was that ish, dude. <sighs> right? Because she seemed meaner. <laughs> she seemed meaner than them. And when Booker when Booker said the N-word, <laughs> and, Sher- and Booker immediately knows, <laughs> Booker immediately knows, he's like, oh. And Sherry grabs him by the face and is like, it's okay, baby. Like, you have to go watch it on YouTube. Sherry, and it's funny to hear Booker talk about that now because Booker, like, I think he said in that A&E biography, which was phenomenal. I loved it that they did that on him. He was like, that's the first and last time my coworkers ever heard me say that. Um, Like, he, it, it, um, it got to him that he that he that he slipped Slip. and said it and and um it but I'd love dude I am the, one of the biggest Booker T fans of all time Harlem yeah. Heat one of my favorite tag teams of all time loved them but Sherry to go back to him with Booker oh and, and oh with that team Jesus yeah. Lord oh, that yeah. was great money in the bank there there was yeah. nobody else that could have pulled that off nobody else. We got a few. We got several more here. Drew Farmer says, Big Boss Man, Akeem, Texas Tornado. Drew's a patron, too. Sergeant Slaughter, the Iraqi sympathizer. And uh, his guilty pleasure is Macho King, Randy Savage. So that's interesting. Uh, thanks, Drew. Hey, Macho- hey, I'm glad he said that. I don't know if I'd call that a guilty pleasure, though. I would not call that a guilty pleasure. It, it, again, though, it, I think it. See, I asked you at the beginning to define yeah, guilty pleasure because yeah. some people will define guilty pleasure differently. So. That's what makes sense, but I get it. Um, Mark Wilson, uh, BTC Hall of Fame patron, says uh, Rougeau Brothers with the American flag gimmick, Johnny B. Bad, Black Scorpion. And he says with the Black Scorpion, to me, the promos were hilariously bad. The payoff yes. on the gimmick sucked, and I couldn't agree more. Just so bad you laughed. I mean, I laughed every time I played mm-hmm. one of those on the show. Mm-hmm. He's also got IRS, Michael Wall Street, and the New Breed. The New Breed was something else man especially that transformers promo and he linked that in the facebook group 
Uh, Jeremy Marshall says, Zan Panzer, Nate Weems, name some more. Johnny B. Bad, Akeem, Adrian Adonis, Greg Kabuki, and the Berserker. Um, Jose hey, Corona. The Berserker, Berserker definitely is on my <laughs> radar for honorable mention as yeah. well. I don't know what it was about that dude. I wanted that dude to be IC champ so bad, so bad <laughs> when I was a kid. Okay, yeah, I man. didn't understand. It. He had a he had he had the boots and a sword. Why <laughs> isn't he champion? No. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh goodness. Jose Corona says Alex Wright was one of his. Chris Peter, that's a funny comment when you say that's a great photo of you, Michael. Uh, Chris Zaha Zoncha, um, the Z-Man, uh, he actually says the Z-Man is a guilty pleasure. You did not have to tell us, Zoncha. We know. Um, and uh, he's got Johnny B. Bad. Battle Bowl as a gimmick was was a guilty pleasure of his. He's also got Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, <laughs> Tex Schlesinger, and Shanghai <laughs> Pierce. <laughs> All right. Alfonso Mila says, Akeem, the Rujos, Brother Lug, Arachnaman. He's the only one who's got Arachnaman. And he says, yeah, I said it. And then he said, even though they only had a – only the only, and uh, he's got Master Blasters too. And then and then last one is uh, uh, Mikey and DFW, Michael Watson says, the Mountie, Repo Man, Papa Shango, Akeem, and Doink, uh, version one. So, um, so again, the, the, the BTT army and all the listeners, a lot of them had some of our same ones. I mean, Johnny B. Bad is common here. Akeem, uh, you know, uh, Earl Robert Eaton got mentioned. We had uh, Papa Shango a bunch of times, but some of the ones we named PN news, uh, all, uh, yeah, we, we saw some multiple people in here, but it doesn't shock me that so many people had Johnny B. Bad in it as well. So, uh, but that was a good top five. That was a good suggestion oh, just yeah. kind of based on, oh, um, yeah. Some of the stuff we've done. Okay. The last thing we'll do here tonight is um, uh, Dr. Blassie, as everyone know, he he is for real a shoot doctor. I mean, he, he that that's what he does for a living. He's a medical doctor, not a doctor like Doc. Um, not that Doc didn't earn his PhD, but Doc is not a medical doctor is what I mean. Because um, any doctor who goes through that has done a lot more than me. Uh, so, but I asked Dr. Blassie before we were recording about the whole, um, uh, uh, What's his name? Um, Demar Hamlin situation with the Bills when um, he collapsed on the field and they had to basically shock his heart back to start. You know, I guess they put the paddles to him. We didn't see it. But I asked Dr. Blassie, hey, can you talk about from, you know, again, Dr. Blassie hasn't treated Demar Hamlin, but I asked him to say, what did you think about what actually happened? So, Dr. Blassie. You know, because wrestling is a contact sport. I guess technically this could happen in wrestling. Um, but what what did you see as someone who didn't treat him, uh, but but witnessed it on TV like the rest of us? What did you think when you saw this happen? And as more news has come out, what may have happened to his heart uh, when when he made the hit? Yeah. So uh, the number one thing you got to realize, guys, is what ultimately happened to Demar Hamlin is is a lot rarer than you would think um, once you hear about it and how it actually happened. Because what happened to him was, in this setting, was really a long shot. Like, he had, he probably had the exact same chance of getting struck by lightning on that field and nobody else being affected. <clears throat> That's how minute... Uh, of a situation this is or my new I should say how how much of a long shot of a injury rare. this is because like oh can you hear me 
Yeah, I was saying you were saying minute. I think you. I was saying were you? Did you mean like rare? How how rare? Basically? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And um, because at first, whenever you um deal with football players, aside from big bone injuries like thigh, arm, etc., when you see somebody go down, then they get up and they fall right back down. You think there there's probably some nervous system issue concussion issue because your head is suspended within fluid or within that helmet that has your brain suspended in fluid within your skull so there's a lot of things that can happen but when you also you have to worry about some type of heart issue now typically you see stuff like this happening in the lower levels of sports like high school peewee because there may be a heart anomaly that hasn't been diagnosed yet. The way these guys go through college and pros is so meticulous that stuff like that does not get missed. From the pure and simple fact of, I'm putting a lot of money into your body. I wanna make sure I'm getting the bionic man and not somebody that's gonna collapse tomorrow. So when I saw that hit, um, at first, I thought, okay, did he have a concussion and boom, the lights went out? Or did he have an undiagnosed, unreported concussion before and have something we call a second impact syndrome where the brain f- isn't fully healed and then all of a sudden it gets concussed again and then the lights go out? Okay, which can be a very emergent situation. That's how you'll hear some players die. But if we look at this, after it was all kind of played out and uh, and you get more reports from what was going on in hospital, he suffered something called uh, commotio cordis. Now, for some of our folks that watch NWA, you remember Austin Idol trying to pronounce that word? He was like, commotio cordis. <laughs> right? Commotional cords is basically when you get hit hard enough square on your heart to where you create a defibrillator, where you see on TV where they shock your heart back to life. Okay, you mechanically create that with force. Now, you, now the reason you don't typically see this in football so much is because to really recreate this, to do this, you've got to hit the heart. At a, at a part of its contraction cycle called the cardiac cycle, so precise that it's such a small window, you just don't see it, especially when there's a padding around your heart. And so the way it works is if you get your fist, everybody, if you get your fist and you put it right at the center of your chest, go to the tip of your breastbone, okay, and then go over a little bit. And the and have your fist pointing outward. That's pretty much how your heart is. Now, every beat of your heart is like 0.8 seconds. When the bottom part of your heart is about to open up to let blood in so it can launch it to the rest of your body, that's the precise moment that this type of force has to happen. So think about what I just said. 0.8 seconds in a heart cycle and this little like 0.2 millisecond window is where you need to hit it. 
Okay. And so, Mike, typically we'll see this in back in the day, you hear it with baseball players. Freaking baseball hits you square in the chest. Um, back in the day, if depending on the type of ball you use, dodgeball, if you were to hit a kid in the chest super hard, mm-hmm. okay, that can cause it. You hear people talk about lacrosse players because it typically happens like 90% of the cases are in athletic competitions with men, okay, or I would say younger males, aka you don't have a fully hardened chest yet. Plus, you have an, a, a ridiculous amount of strength you can create. Okay. And what this, and with Damar Hamlin, what essentially happened was the guy launched himself into that tackle. Damar wrapped him up. And as he was falling out down, the force from that player plus the downward force applied, so it's working with uh, gravity, essentially got right at the tip of the bottom of his heart. And it was like a pinpoint shot at the pinpoint time. Mm. Okay. Now, the reason why he was able to get up is because whenever you're level with the ground or you're parallel, you're on the ground, blood is um, blood works just like water. It's going to be leveled out, and then him being at an angle with his feet being up when he was tackling the guy, all the blood, a lot of blood was at his brain. Hmm. Well, notice when he gets up, okay, and when you get up as a human being, what has to happen is your brain sends signals to your piping, to your heart, to your blood vessels to tighten up, to pump a little faster because we're going to lose blood to the brain. And the reason you pass out, the reason you faint, is because your brain recognizes not enough oxygen to itself as the brain. And so it wants you to get level with the ground, a.k.a. it's going to help, it's going to let gravity get blood to your feet, to the head, without as much heart support. That's why you fall down. Makes sense. It's a lot easier for the uh, blood to get to your brain if you're on the ground as opposed to your brain being you know, perpendicular to the ground. And so once he got up, once he popped up, and remember, adrenaline's going, his heart couldn't adjust because the signaling that his brain was sending to his heart was not making it to his heart muscles because that was disrupted by the force of that hit. And that's commotial uh, cordis is when you disrupt that. And he went into a, a, rhythm, uh, a rhythm called ventricular fibrillation, which means the bottom muscles of your heart just start spasming, like you have a, a cramp in your leg or in your back. Or if, ladies, you've been pregnant, you had cramps and contractions. That's what your heart does, but it does it in a nonsensical way to where blood doesn't flow. And if blood don't flow the lights go off real fast. And in a lot of situations, that'll kill somebody. It doesn't take that long to kill somebody from a lack of blood flow. And so the fact that they pounced on it so fast and they did CPR, because doing CPR is what saved his life, hands down. And then them getting him to the uh, proper medical facilities. Because if this happens, say... You know, if you did that in front of me, we had a family reunion, nobody knew how to do CPR, you're dead 
you know, you're dead. Because if you're in VFIP, that's not sustainable for life. Yeah. And that's why you have to do CPR at that point. Wow. And him being athletic and young is what's saving his life right now. Wow. Okay. That's and crazy. It, and it's scary, but I don't want I want people to realize that's a once in a billion shot. That's not football. Because you typically don't see it in football. That's yeah. not a football thing. That's just collision of human beings against something that has a lot of mass and inertia. Yeah. That's it. That's that's so it is rare though, is what you're saying that it would happen the way it did. Yeah. Like what happened to him is okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you got a lot of medical doctors on social media that were trying to explain what happened (laughs) that night, but, um, I get it. I get it. It's, um, I, you know, it, look, we haven't we've seen guys get concussed and they're not out. They're not like their heart doesn't stop. They're just on the ground laid out because they're woozy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, your take on it is is an interesting take. And again, you you didn't you didn't you know medically treat him or anything. So it's it's but as you said, in your professional opinion as a doctor what you saw was what you just explained. And it is interesting that, cause I, the next question is from people like, well, so does that happen more often? And in actuality, it, it's crazy as violent as football is, but as you said, it's not really a common thing. No, it's not. Uh, just because you, one, you have chest padding, you have a, you have shoulder pads that cover the chest. So you typically don't see it with it. It's usually with a projectile, going against flesh lacrosse ball baseball back in the day when um they didn't really have rules on pads hockey pucks getting um launched into somebody's chest you know and that's like i said one of the reasons why they they stopped doing dodgeball in schools was for issues like this concussions from balls going to the head okay Going to the chest, you can cause stuff like this. And actually, you know, more than likely what you can cause before this condition is actually a hemorrhage within your heart. Mm. Okay. If if you've got something coming fast enough that's that's hard enough, like a baseball or like a really um, super inflated soccer ball, mm-hmm. you can hemorrhage somebody's heart faster than you can cause this. Damn. Okay. You know, you break somebody's ribs or something, you yeah. know, um, just because that's, that's just physics. So yet again, this condition is a lot rarer than you think. This is not something, this is why you've never heard of it before in the NFL. Okay. Okay. Cause think about the times when stuff like this happens to players, you never hear about something like this. Okay. If there is a heart issue, it's usually cause they've had, some other heart condition that wasn't diagnosed at that time. Not this specifically, because this is a kind of Death Star hitting it at the right spot, the right time, one in a million shot. And uh, just, and I saw this idiotic thing where people were saying this could have been caused by the COVID vaccine. Look, uh, if if (laughs) Hamlin had, myocarditis if he had any side effect from the COVID vaccine blah 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 that dude they would have noticed something wrong with him in practice okay 
he would have been short of breath. He would have gotten swollen. He wouldn't have had any kind of endurance. He would have had chest. He would have had something. I did see. I did. There was a. There's a certain sports analyst out there who who said that. I was like, dude, you're not a doctor. Where are you getting this information from? Yeah. And he didn't say. He didn't say. You know. See, that's one thing. Like I, I pass on information from you sometimes to people I know. I go, well, look, Doctor Blassie said. Um, and you can go listen to it if you want, if you said it on the show, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. But just to say, you know, I did my research and <laughs> he, he collapsed. I'm not laughing at the situation, but to say, <laughs> to say, let me say it like this, to say it with no medical like evaluation of the actual patient to just claim um, that he collapsed because of the vaccine. Like that's kind of reckless. Now there are athletes who, who, uh, from what I've read, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that have myocarditis and um, they have had some complications from um, the vaccine. Am I right? Or is that not yeah. true? Oh, yeah, that that is true. That, yeah. that is true. Yeah. Like, can't deny that in the facts. Yeah. No. But 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 it's, you know, like to say that about Hamlin in this situation, being that, you know, he was making a hit when it actually happened and just to go, oh, the vaccine causes like, well, you might just slow down before you make that assumption. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, let's mm -hmm. let's uh, let's settle down. Let's let's figure out what happened. But I I almost texted you tonight. It happened. Um, but I just was like, man, when when he was uh, he was out cold and the way he stands up and drops, I'm like, oh, damn. I mean, it, it looks serious right away. And, and thankfully, they did not continue the game that would have been really rough yeah, to do yeah um yeah because those guys that's that's not you know yeah, at some man. point you gotta say fuck the season and look uh, i knew there were some weird rules they would have to break out oh i'm glad they didn't have to go to the coin flip but at at some point you gotta be you gotta be human beings and being like look at the end of the day this is just a sport we just throw a ball around right yeah. um as you know we make it way more serious than it actually is yeah yeah for real it, it's it's not that serious well and i wanted to ask you about this because then we were talking about the old finisher the hard punch um yeah. mean mark callis did the hard punch for a time so we've had people who who he's not the only one that, that have done the hard punch as a finisher but it made us think about wrestling because from what you told me tell me if i'm wrong if you actually struck somebody in the heart, it is feasible that you could not only knock them out, but kill them. <laughs> so, yeah, so talk yeah. about that part. <laughs> yeah. And actually, so that's the thing. I, I started thinking about, you know, different finishers, you know, thinking about like janky finishers and stuff. And then just remember the old heart punch where you would lift and i'll tell you the mechanism by which it does because what was that ox baker originated it, and then mean mark callus he did it where you would lift somebody's um left arm up on the side of the heart okay and put the uh left hand behind the head and just prop prop them up okay and what does that do that actually stretches out your pectoralis major and minor, so those are your big chest muscles. So you stretch them out, and you stretch out some of that natural fat that's in the chest, so you're you don't have as much cushioning, and you actually elevate and lift up the sternum forward, which brings the heart a little bit more forward. So it's so it's more blunt impact 
closer to the heart tissue proper. And so if you wind up and if you're a big dude like like uh aka the undertaker punching you dead in the chest, okay, and now let's take it one step forward. If now you can't it this would be a crude way to time it, but if he is propping your hand behind your head and having one of his fingers on your pulse, okay, and the minute that pulse goes down hit you, you would have a good chance of actually recreating commotio cordis. And that would send you into a heart arrhythmia and you would win the match. You die. <laughs> Your opponent would dead. die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the opponent's dead, but you you, <laughs> you know, three seconds, one, two, three, and then bam, chest compression. Just get it. Boom, boom, boom. Uh. So there may have been some logic. The reason, again, I, we, we took a long way to get here, but the, the reason we were talking about this is because we we kind of you know hypothesized that maybe back in the day they the reason there was a heart punch finisher is because there were people who sometimes punched somebody in the heart and the person would die. <laughs> they wouldn't only win the fight; they would actually die. Um, not that dying <laughs> is funny, but it's just it's just kind of one of those things. We're like, wow, you know that 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 actually did happen. So it's an interesting t- like you know we think about the Demar Hamlin thing, but we also and thankfully he's recovering, uh, not fully recovered, but he's out the hospital home. But we think about that versus, hey, we used to see the heart punch. And honestly, over the years, I've looked at the heart punch as, oh, God, what a stupid finisher, you know? That, yeah, what's that going to do to somebody? But um, there's some logic behind it. Um, there is. Yeah. There is. And, and uh, you know, let's take it one step further. If you miss the heart, you're actually going to hit the old, what did Gorilla Monsoon used to say, the solar plexus? Solar plex, yeah. You're right, because that's an actual bundle of nerves called the solar plexus. And it, and in that area, you actually have the main nerve that controls your diaphragm. Your diaphragm is your primary and should be the only muscle you need to breathe. So if you actually hit that area, it's the same mechanism. The force behind that punch is going to disrupt the nerves and the electrical signaling to the muscle. And therefore, the diaphragm cannot really go on that rhythmic um, breathing rhythm that you need at that point, and it kind of goes into a spasm, and that's what it means to kind of lose your breath. You had the wind knocked out of you. Mm. Okay, And that's exactly what happens to your heart, except it's your heart rhythm, but with your diaphragm it's your breathing rhythm and so even if you hit somebody there that'll put you down Mm. okay yeah so that is a very useful tactic and yet again the most important thing with that is actually putting somebody's hand behind their head because now you are actually making the natural padding to the chest less even if it's uh, uh, yet again Different in that I'm only saying this because men and women have different anatomy. I am not saying do this to a woman. Right. But right, yeah. if you do the same thing to a woman, the most breast tissue is actually in the upper outer part of the breast. If you actually stretch a woman's arm upward, you're bringing the breast tissue up, which brings all that fat upwards, which exposes more of that area where the heart is. 
Okay, hmm. so there's a reason why we have ribs and uh, breastbone and why the heart is pretty much right behind the breastbone because you have to have some type of shield, but it's not perfect because that's the part of your body where you need it to expand. And that's why your ribs are your ribs and your rib cage isn't just one big encapsulated um, or encased area like your skull is because right. you need that actual uh, rib movement to breathe. Yeah, you 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 do, and you even have floating ribs too that don't even right, connect, right? Yeah, to the, yeah. they they come out of your backbone, as I remember in in biology, and they they kind of kind of come around, but some of them they they well not even some of them, they just don't connect. <laughs> like yeah, they uh, just they're yeah, like they fingers don't... back there or something. Like it's weird to yeah. describe. In the theory of the floating ribs, you can see in a primitive way how that could help, but really the floating ribs are more of a God, they, they are more of a liability than anything because yeah. you break those and those are actually the things that pierce organs. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, but, but I, I see what you're saying. Well, um, so yeah, the hard punch uh, going back to wrestling was a real thing. Like it could be, it could technically be a real thing. Um, yeah. and Dr. Blassie just broke it down for y'all here. So yeah, some um, of the simplest wrestling moves are actually the, the most, Danger. That actually may be what we need to do next thing is go over a couple of cheap ass <laughs> finishers that are actually some deadly ass. <laughs> yeah, deadly maneuvers that you like should not do. <laughs> well, and you'd have to specify between between actual finishers that because sub, their submission almost any like real submission hole could really do some damage and break bones. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you'd have to think, you'd have to actually think of it as a finisher and not maybe a submission. Cause like, I mean, if you put somebody in a Boston crab and really wanted to crank on them and, and just, just destroy their back. I mean, technically I guess oh, you yeah. could, you could just murder them. You'd fold them over. Um, right. So you kind of have to be really picky about that, but that is, you know what? You're the doctor. You should probably do that and go, Hey, here are the five moves as finishers. That would really kill someone if 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 you um, if you did them this way or on I, this surface or whatever, you know. I I, I think I'd be we just came know. up with the next show, sir. <laughs> so so yeah, you got to get that together and let me know what you come up yes, with for sure. Yes, you know, yeah. and, and just simple finishers you never think you would never think are probably the the most deadly things to do to somebody. There you go. You got it. You got to see. I'm not the doctor, so I'll have to. I won't have a five, but I'd, I'd be oh, interested yeah. to hear oh, what yeah. those what those things are because that would be interesting. So there, there you go. That's the next show whenever we uh, reconvene on, on this. Thing. But uh, Doctor Blassie, anything else before we uh, before we get out of here and ride off into the sunset and all that good stuff? Man, uh, you know what? I don't have much this time. Just remember, everybody, COVID is still around. Um, talk to your doctors uh, about getting a, a booster. Um, stay up to date. If you don't have a doctor, get a doctor. But I'm I'm gonna do this right quick because because you it's playoff time and um, <laughs> I'm not even I'm not I'm not gonna talk about San Francisco 49ers. I'm not I'm not at all because we all know what it is. It we we got we got a receipt coming for San Francisco. That's what I'm saying. But I, I, you know, Dak has broke my heart. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best. However, there's a game Philly versus the giants. I don't, 
don't care who wins this game, but let me tell you what. Who who do I want to win it? I want the Eagles to win it. Oh, you want to go to Philly? I, you're assuming... I, want, I want the Eagles. <laughs> and let me tell you this. New York, I ain't got a problem with New York. I ain't got a problem with New York. That's a good rivalry, classic rivalry. That's it. Eagles. And I'm talking to every Eagles fan. And I'm telling you as a diehard Cowboys fan. <laughs> I don't give a damn if y'all won the Super Bowl a few years ago. I don't give a damn if we went one-to-one. Y'all beat us when we had a backup. And then, hey, we beat y'all with y'all backup. I don't care. Just remember, when we come in there, we come into Philadelphia. Every time we come into Philadelphia, we are the Cowboys. And I want it to be an NFC championship because I want you to realize what it's like to go against the Cowboys in the (laughs) NFC championship game. This is the big league, sweethearts. You guys are good this year. Great, grand, fantastic. But let me tell you something. At the end of the day, you will always be the Philadelphia Eagles. You will always be the team that is the runt of the NFC East. You will always be the team that doesn't have a lot of Super Bowls at all. You will have more failures in the postseason than victories. You are not the Giants. You are not the Redskins slash Commanders. And you are damn sure no matter what y'all want to do, no matter how long y'all want to do, and y'all hate us for it, but you damn sure are not the Dallas Cowboys. Your stadium is not that good. Your fans suck. You guys just shit on everybody, and we will show you. We will show you. If it's an NFC championship game against the Cowboys on the road in Philly, we will show you what football is, and that's Cowboys football. We will show you what league it is. And it's not 1906, it's 2023, and it's our league and our division. We define the NFC East, us, the Giants, and the Redskins. And you guys are just a bunch of haters, pretenders, (laughs) and every time y'all get good, y'all would be like, hey, we're good, we're the Eagles, yay, we're gonna beat you, Cowboys. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you beat us, people are going to be like, damn, you beat the Cowboys and not, hey, (laughs) those Eagles, that's a freaking dynasty. No. Okay, so just pray that we beat Brock Purdy and the boys in San Francisco and just pray that y'all beat Daniel Jones. Okay, so y'all can see us and get a real football game. And I and, and I promise y'all, Eagles, I will eat crow if y'all beat us and go to the Super Bowl and win it. But until that happens, and until y'all could do back-to-back Super Bowls, and until y'all could do back-to-back MVP seasons, winning 12, uh, 12 games a year, yada, 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 until y'all could do that and be consistently a force, then I will respect you. But until then, I still don't respect you. You will never get respect from me. You are the Eagles, and we will always be the Cowboys, a.k.a. we will always be your better. <laughs> Philip Allen, you got another BTT uh, host to hate outside of Doc. And, oh, yeah. Hate, hate uh, me. Hate me because I expect it because you're an Eagles fan. I expect it. You know nothing but to hate me. And guess what? At the end of the day, he's an Eagles fan. His thought process in life is flawed, Mike. I can understand why you could be a fan of any other team in the NFL except the Eagles. That is what I don't understand. 
Bam, that thank no- you. <laughs> oh, I would say on that note, uh, here's the thing. We are recording this uh, late in the afternoon on the Friday before uh, these games take place. So uh, if this comes out, because I have been editing all day right now and uh, uploading other things, if this comes out after the games, um, Dr. Blassie doesn't have an email or a social media you can get in contact with him on. So uh, you'll just have to... You'll just have to uh, keep those thoughts to yourself at whatever happens this weekend. But I just want to say, if this if this happens to drop, I'll, I should have it up by Sunday. But if this happens to drop uh, after all of those games are played, uh, th- that's why he's saying this now versus <laughs> versus. Yeah. Uh, wait, the game's already happened. What is he talking about? But I still think Doctor Blessing will still say, yeah. But even if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win. Uh, at the end of the day, Dr. Blassie will tell you, like all Cowboys I know, because Cowboy fans tell me this all the time, we got more Super Bowls than you. Yeah, eh, yeah. Point taken. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And it's just the Eagles. And it's, and it's just the Eagles. And, and since they can't get in contact with me, this is what they can do. If you've got a gripe, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't send it to Mike or Harper or Doc or anything like that. What you can do is you can go outside, you can look up, and you can tell God to tell me, hey, stop it, I'm offended. Because he said (laughs) that about my eagles. And God would say, no, you needed to hear that like the damn gospel because my favorite team are the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't know why, on God's green earth, my earth, you would be an Eagles fan, and I don't give a damn if they're Kelly Green or not. Uh, uh, hit. I think. I think. I, uh, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, on that note, Doctor Blassie, hit the tagline. We'll get out of here. <laughs> Book it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>